I really want to speak about something that is that we've got to get a handle on and it's about vision and I'll, I'll give this another shot and, and uh, I'll come from this perspective and it's about faith in vision. It's about faith in the vision and, and let me say this, that in the, in the vision is purpose. When you can actually see, when you can actually see the, 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 the future of your life, the life of this church or any event, when you, and you're not governed, see, by what you see, but it's the sight of your heart. It's your heart that, it's like Superman, but not x-ray vision, but it just goes, it reconfigures. It's like a big spotlight that just, and it just puts everything in perspective. It's like high definition TV. And it just brings out the colour, brings out the definition of what God truly would want for a precious life, a city, a nation, amen, a, a, a wife, a son, when you look at your children, I project vision. I'm not relegated by what I see. That's why a bad, bad weather doesn't affect a faith person. He gets up despite the weather and he's going to rock and roll for Jesus. He, he's going to stand in his anointing and he's going to project what he sees for his family, his, his wife, his church and surrounding events that he faces and he's going to be able to see and they're extraordinary people and we've got to get a handle of that and we're going to, we're going to tease that out a little bit. Let, let me just say this. this. This could be... Just write this down if you want. Listen, pull me up at 25 pastures. Just give me a little a bell. Just give me a bell or, or a chime or, or an airplane. Get your seatbelts on noise. Who's got... That doesn't ring a bell at all. <laughs> That, that, ah, there it is. Give me it again. Ding. There's something about that noise, isn't there? It's, like, like, it's just so subtle, but it's so... Develop the faith of vision. This is a principle within the teaching of vision. And it's called faith in the vision. It's something we've got to understand. And I'll be as cute and, and, and wonderful as I can. But write this down. Sight is a function of the eyes, while vision is a function of the heart. I want to go line by line a little bit here, but it won't take long. Sight is a function of the eyes, while vision is a function of the heart. The greatest gift that God gave humankind is not the gift of sight, but the gift of vision. The gift of vision. Helen Keller, Helen Keller was, was not born blind, deaf, mute, at 18 months old, she contracted a disease and went deaf, blind and mute. Have you heard of Braille? She became a very powerful, influential woman in her generation. She wrote poetry. She was an entrepreneur, in fact. Say entrepreneur. Something about that word, isn't it? Who would like to be an entrepreneur for Jesus? Yeah. Someone asked her, a journalist asked her this question. Miss Keller, is there anything worse than being blind? She paused for a moment and through her own means of communication, she said this, what's worse than being blind is having sight without vision. Is having sight, seeing with the eyes, but no vision. That, that, let's try and, 
that would mean that you have no perspective of a better, uh, a better life or a better... When you look at our building, that's all you see, a half-finished building. And you don't see the future of it finished with people in it, with us worshipping, with the place rocking for Jesus. You just don't see that. You are relegated by what you see. And those people find it very hard to live life by faith. Amen? This precious woman, she didn't blame God. She wasn't angry about being like this. She became radical in her ability to envision a greater day, a better day, and also to fulfil a great gift that she had within her. She became an entrepreneur and she became very rich and very influential. Amazing. Because why? She had vision in her heart. Who's got some vision in their heart? Amen? Eyes, now write this one down. Eyes that look are common, but eyes that see are rare. Most people can see, amen? But not everyone sees with vision, with God alternative plans and purposes for life around them. Amen? When I walk through life, I see an alternative life. When I look at things, when I look at Tim Pedley, I see another option. I see plan A, plan B, plan C, plan D, plan E, F, and, and, you know, and so whatever he decides to climb to and entertain and pursue in his, because in the vision is purpose. Actually, your purpose for living is in the vision. When your eyes are opened of your heart, the Bible says in Ephesians chapter 1, when your eyes are opened and you see God and the incomparable great power of God that rushes towards you, that means grace, mercy, His plans, His blessed angels, His anointing, His, His plan for your life. When you see that coming towards you, it gives you great hope. People who have vision have great hope. Where this place was wiped out by floods, just trash, mud, stuff, rotted, ruined, stage floated away. But at the end of the day, we didn't lose composure because our vision is far greater than this tent represents. We are not relegated by this tent and how it looks and how it is at a given time. <laughs> Amen. The Bible says, get this one and jot this down. I hope you've got a pen because if you're not taking notes, you will be at a disadvantage. Physical sight is the ability to see things as they are. As I say these statements succinctly, try and write them down. Vision is the capacity to see things as they could be. And it takes faith. Say it takes faith. The Bible says in Proverbs 23 verse 7, the Bible says, as a person thinks in his heart, so is he. As you think in your heart, so you are relegated to be. Amen? Another scripture says, in 2 Corinthians 5, 7, says this, For we walk, lit, NIV, NIV version says, For we walk, live by faith, not by sight. Write this down. We must never let what our eyes see determine what our hearts believe. 
Don't let what your eyes see determine what your heart will believe for a better option for someone, healing, salvation, prosperity, jobs, better jobs, checks in the mail, amen, serving God, loving God. These are all the better options for people. I see people all the time struggling with Christianity and I hear more and more stories that there's a lot of good people floating out there. Who is a long-time Christian in the house? Long-term Christians, praise God. You, you represent... Uh, a, a people that are out there that are struggling. They're disappointed with the church, they tell me. But our whole lot, stock and barrel of who we are and our composure is not in the church. Imagine if you had your stability and faith in what you see and in church. I mean, Crossroads is a great church, but really it has nothing really to hang your hook on in terms of you know, really leaning on it 24-7, seven days a week. That's Jesus. You've got to lean on Him and your eyes have got to be open to Him and you've got to walk out your life in Him with vision. Some churches are great, I know. You walk into their splendid buildings, there's pillars, there's lights, TV cameras, wonderful sound systems and you just feel like, wow, I'm a Christian and I'm loving it. But when you walk out, and then you're faced with the world, you say, oh yeah, that was alright back then, but now I feel like I'm undressed. I feel a bit compromised. I feel a little bit weak when I walk down Pitt Street and I see, you know, towers of buildings and I see people, you know, highfalutin people walking around strutting in their, in their power jobs and, and then you shrink back. But we're not relegated by what we see. We're regulated what we believe in our heart. And again, that scripture says, for we walk and live by faith, not by sight. Amen. And as a person thinks in his heart, so he is. Proverbs 23, 7, unfortunately, it's going to say it a bit different than the NIV. You've got to get to the New King James Version. God told Abraham something that could be seen, believed and achieved only if he believed with vision. That he could, see. he never saw the thing at the end of the day. The Bible says that in Hebrews. If you look in chapter 11 there, he never saw the greater day of that which he was led out for. Lead me on, Lord. Great. I want to see it. I want to grab it. I want to drink it. I want to live it. I want to swim in it. I want to pedal it. I want to climb it. But he never did. <laughs> he never did. He just kept on following God with obedience. But he was established through his consecration in God and he was blessed all the days. People said, you're barren. Look at you guys, Sarah and Abraham. We're barren. But God said, I see a nation in you, Diane. I see a revival in you. I see, I see a large business in you. But people look at you, no, he's barren. You got it wrong. No, God says to you, I see you going to Sound of Music Land and, and carrying the gospel to all those wonderful People, I see a nation in you. Everyone else is looking at barrenness in you. But God is saying, hang on, I see this in you. Leonie, I see a great day of your family being blessed through ministry and as a consequence of ministry in Jesus' name. I see you as numerous as the, as the stars in the sky, as the sand on the shore. Time and time again he says this. When we have vision... 
We are governed by the faith God has put in our hearts. Vision is in your heart, Candace, for a great kids' ministry. I don't know what it is, she says to Luke, but I feel like I've got vision to see this happen. I, I think I'm called to do it. I think I'm trained. I think I'm graced. I think I honestly can be used in this ministry called kids' ministry to bless, influence and, 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 and provoke kids to Jesus through fun, faith and being wild for Jesus. And she, she said, she's, and she's telling Luke, and Luke's going, what are you talking about? No, uh, I've got another vision. And then they've got to, they've got to go through those early marital uh, problems of working out whose vision they're going to follow. And whose vision. See, I, I bowed my knee to Julie's vision. I was a pram pusher most of my Christian life, just pushing a pram around. People say, who's that guy? Who's that joke here with? Oh, he's my husband. He, no. <laughs> It's just, look, we just loved you singing up there because Julie used to sing all the time in public and, and, and outreaches and in church and worship lead. And, and man, I'm just there with the Sayo biscuits and the milk and just the rattlers and Julie's up there just praying, you know, singing under the Lord. and You know what I mean? And, and I'm saying, I'll have my day. You are. <laughs> Your day is coming. <laughs> Hebrews 11.1 1 says that faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Things that you cannot see. Faith is the substance. I've got substance to live for. The vision I have for this church is substance. I live by it. I stand on it. I walk out on the water, out of the boat. I'm walking on substance and believing for this church believing for you. I'm believing for Judy. I'm walking on water on the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not yet seen. I'm walking on that and I'm laying hands on the sick. I'm believing for prosperity. I'm believing for people to break out and become bigger in God because it's substance to me. I'm walking on it. I stand on it. I have my Wheaties on it. I live it. (laughs) Come on. Faith is a substance. You could define faith as vision in your heart. Write that down. Faith is seeing the future in the present. When you have faith, you can see things you hope to have and achieve. Listen, I'm I'm talking to you right now. If you have faith, if you become born again and your spirit becomes rekindled, re-energized by God Almighty, you will be given a gift of faith. A gift of faith that gives you vision. Then when your blinkers are on, when your lights are on and someone is home, your spirit will look out of your eyes and they'll shake the... What's your name? Adam, you're going to wake up tomorrow morning and, and, and your soul's going to look out of your eyes and go, my God, what, what's all this? This is, this is a totally different landscape. I'm seeing blessings. I'm seeing prosperity. I'm seeing children. I'm seeing, I'm see, I'm seeing a whole different world. What's this guy on? Is he on some drugs or something? Is he, has he, has he had too much pizza or, or something? And, and your soul is looking out your eyes, but it's vision. It's a gift that God gives born again believers. Amen? It's vision. Praise God. Seeing by faith. If you're operating by sight alone and if you're looking at your circumstances, your bills, your health, whatever's causing you complication in your life, that, that, and then you start to re- reiterate it and say, oh, look, oh, I'm so sick, I'm so broke, and 
oh, look, I'm so small, I'm, I'm so dumb. If you reiterate that, that's where your world becomes reframed by the power of your words. Come on. Becomes reframed. Your world now becomes reconfigured. Do you know, let's, let's get this happening. Let's get this happening. Living, write this down, because I've got, to, I've got to punch in some of these statements for it to make sense. Sight without vision is dangerous because it has no hope. I'll write this one down. Live, write this one. Living by sight can kill you. Life is so full of depressing views that if you were to take those things in and just constantly allow yourself to be reminded of them, you could self-destruct as a born-again believer. I get caught out sometimes on the prayer mountain. I get caught up there. I have a mountain retreat now where I pray, like Rick Joyner. I go up there and download dreams and visions and had two guys stumble on me yesterday and they drove up on their motorbike and they saw me sitting there with my dog. Luckily, that's a good default. I'm with a dog. I'm cool. I'm not mad. I'm in the mountain. Just chilling out. I've had a hard day at the office. And you could just see them on their bikes looking at me going, who's this guy down near our racing track? What's he doing? In, just sitting on a log. And, you know, it was really weird. You could just see for a minute. They're trying to make all these calculations and assumptions. This guy on drugs? Is he smoking drugs? Is he... Is he... Have, is he, is he what's that? Has he got any drugs? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, it was really weird, but I get I get caught out. I've been been caught out a bit this week because I've been coming down the mountain a bit late. It's been getting dark and and, and it's dark. I'm tripping and this is down from a mountain. I'm tripping. I'm stumbling and and, and my dog is somewhere <laughs> and and, uh, and I'm hearing noises and things bounding. <laughs> Noises, noises, and I'm going. No, I'm not walking by this. I'm walking. I'm man. I'm a man of God. I'm a man of God. I'm a man of God. I know my way down. Bang into a tree. But you know, this is what happens. Living by sight can kill you. If you were to live by what you just normally see all the time, you will be driven, pounded into the ground. You won't even have a life to live. You will just lay in bed all the time. That's what depression is, isn't it? Uh, lay in bed and just go, oh, blow this, get me off this planet. You know. Remember that sight is the ability to see things as they are and vision is the ability to see things as they could be. Vision is the ability to see things as they should be. And just be careful, guys. If any of you are going through a hard time at the moment, through anything, your business has been downsized, your, your, your love affairs going sideways, your, 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 you know, your eating habits are on the rise. I don't know where that come from, but <laughs> praise God. Uh, if you're going through that hard time, don't forget to begin not to reiterate the hard time you're going through, but get your words happening. I've got to lead you through something here because it is a most discouraging world. To be honest, I'll make a confession. I was addicted to the news. <laughs> I was addicted to the news. I had to have the news morning, noon and night. I was compelled by it because of world events that would inform me and allow me to, to understand that I'm living in the last days. I was a little bit 
uh, I was a little bit, had a disposition towards the news and I, I just read Baghdad and you know, Iraq and I just, just, just lapped that up and for some reason the Lord pulled me up about three months ago and he said, stop reading the news. Would you get into the Bible and start getting vision again for your life? So I went bush. I started to go to the bush and <laughs> praise God. <laughs> I took some phone calls this week. He said, where are you, man? I can hear bellbirds and it's, oh, I'm in the bush. It's all right. I'll explain later. Our sights, our sights were designated to operate as God operates or designed to operate. Write that down. Our sights were designed to operate as God operates. In Genesis 1.26, now just bear with me here, this is going to have to make sense otherwise. In Genesis 1.26, God said, let us make man in our image, in our likeness. The word image refers to moral and spiritual character. We're supposed to be like Jesus, amen? It's one of our prime purposes in life is to be Jesus, to be like Jesus. Say amen. His character, his spiritual character, his Moral. While the phrase in our likeness means this, to function like. We're actually supposed to function like God won't. In other words, we were created to live according to the nature of God and to function as He functions in the world. The Bible says it very clear. Here it is, conclusion. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. Hebrews 11.6 says that. If you try to function by any other way, then faith, you will malfunction. You will malfunction. If you don't live by faith in what you see that God has for you on the horizon of your life, in every circumstance, you will stumble down that mountain and you will walk into a tree and you will be frightened. You know we were never born to be frightened. When you retract with fear, your faith goes out the window. So I'm walking down that mountain, man, with great faith. Amen? I'm not letting fear... Uh, you know, I don't care what the enemy throws at me because everything's going to be turned around for my good anyhow at the end of the day. I thought my dog got run over yesterday. He just took off. Two bike, another two lot bike road turned up and my dogs just went like that. One came back, the other didn't. And I said, well, whatever, God, you got it under control. I'm going up the mountain. I'm not going back for that dog because he went back home. You know what I mean? But, but it's a bit like that. You've got to keep your composure. I'm on a mission. I'm on a journey. I'm going. I'm up the mountain in Jesus' name. Faith. Ding. Ooh. Jesus was filled with faith. Oh boy. Jesus was filled with faith in the storm. He's asleep. The disciples say, don't you care? He says, don't you have faith? You can sleep in storms, man. Uh, I don't get... I think the last time I only panicked in life was in this tent when it was being blown down. Ask us, where is he? Frank, Frank and, and, and Nathan. Where's Nathan? He's there. That's the last time I ever panicked. Usually I hold the fort. I've got composure. I'm a leader. I'm holding it tough and I'm believing that this is going to all work out. But I will be honest, Frank, I did lose my composure when I was in here and already it had half come down. And, uh, and just running back and forward like that, that's a sure sign that you sort of lost the plot, isn't it? 
all things work for good because I am called according to God's purpose. So no matter what the enemy throws at you, no matter what circumstance, let it be known that God's going to turn all that around. Think on the positive, reiterate the positive. Everything was created by the word, power of your word. The thoughts are most important, but the words are very important. Your thought, everything that we see is by a thought. The cities that you drove through, the roads that you, 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 you drove on, the food that you eat, a lot of the inventions, a lot of the, the, the medical breakthroughs, a lot of the science, a lot, everything is a thought. In God was a thought for a universe, for a planet, for you. And then he spoke it. That, and, and, it and then it happens. So words are the creative power to make this stuff happen. If you say, I'm always going to have a mortgage, oh, I'm always going to be sick, you're just driving yourself into the ground. Now, the devil, he doesn't want you to have a clear vision for your life and he's going to try and get in there and cloud you. He's going to try and throw circumstances at you. So when there's a storm, the disciples retract into fear and then they go to the Saviour and say, Oh! But he says, Yeah, I thought that had happened. I thought this was going to end up in the Bible. Uh, <laughs> Don't you have faith? You can go through this with peace, with faith. Bible says in Romans, I think, that the God of peace will snuff out Satan. That peace, that faith is something that you would talk about composure, faith and peace. When things are crumbling around you and just causing, you know, and circumstances and bills, don't reiterate, have you seen this bill? Don't hit your partner up as soon as they get home. Have you seen the phone bill? Someone was on the phone 45 minutes to LA uh, and now we've got a bill of five grand. And, uh, just take it sweet, take a chill pill and, you know, and just, just after, halfway through his meal at least tell him there's a bill. <laughs> because that's a great time I've known. How does faith work? Quickly, Phil, you've got one minute. How does faith work? got three minutes. How does God function? Jeremiah 1.12 says... It says this, God declared, get your, get your pens ready. I am, uh, I am watching to see that my word is fulfilled. The words that David Balestri preached over you for jobs, better jobs, guess what? God is going to perfect that word. <laughs> Hallelujah. Come on. Because yeah, the Bible says, I'm watching to see that my word is fulfilled. The New American Standard Bible is this, I am watching over my word to perform it. He's going to perform that work in you people that want jobs, better jobs. God always brings his words into being. What did God use to create the universe? He used words. Of course he did. God said. God had an idea for the universe. He saw it. He had vision for it. And then he spoke it. And it came into being. As simple as that. He spoke the idea into existence. If you keep your ideas just in your head, and some people have got the greatest ideas, and they've been in their head 20 years and then your partner's going to say, why didn't you tell me that idea of... Some people have probably got how to cars function on water. Look, I just got this idea that you can run cars on water. Well, where does it go? My God, you've just discovered the most amazing invention. How long you had that idea? Oh, 20 years ago. Oh, God. So you've got to speak it. Whatever you think your vision is, whatever you think your idea is, whatever you think your better day is, I'm healed. I'm going to be healed. You're feeling bad, but your hair's all over the joint, your flannelette pyjamas, you know, you look like... But, but you, I, I'm, I'm healed. I'm blessed. I'm, I'm the Lord's blessed. I'm His favourite. Can't you tell? 
You've got to say it. You've got to reframe your life with words. No, we're going for a picnic, but it's hailing. I don't care. We're still going. Pack the bags. Cut the ham. (laughs) Bake the bread. Uh, We're going. Words are powerful. Words are powerful. Creative power. God performs His words. Nothing happens until you start talking about it. Creative power is not in thoughts alone. Love that stuff. Love that stuff. And I'm finished, aren't I? It's awesome. Faith sees opportunities. Two guys in India walking through Bombay, squalor, people living on cardboard boxes, in boxes, under bridges, thousands of people poverty-ridden, poverty-ridden, I'm finished with this story, and two guys, and, and they're just dumbstruck. Oh, one guy says, oh, this is tragic. These people don't even have any shoes. They're poverty-stricken. Oh, look, if only they could, we could bring some, you know. I've got to tell my wife about this. I've never seen such squalor, such poverty. The whole time another guy has got his notebook out and he's writing down how to get shoes from America, sell them to those people and that guy is a real guy that started one of the biggest shoe companies in America. His, he reframed it. His mate was just whining. Oh, look at this play. Oh, this is terrible. Just rehearsing the negative. Oh, look how sick they are. Look how, look how, oh, they just, they haven't even got shoes. Oh, the other guy's going, no shoes, shoes. Manufacturing, he started a factory in India and had the biggest factory in America and became one of the biggest exporters of shoes in the 20th century because he reframed, reframed what he saw. His mate in the natural saw this. What do you see after year 12, Daniel? What do you see, man? Come on, what do you see? What do you see, you mortgage bearers? Do you see yourself debts paid off, cancelled? Do you see, Graham, do you see your debts cancelled? I know you do. You really, I know you might have one house nearly owned, but you want to pay the other off and you are praying for it. You are asking for it. You're not happy. You're not saying, oh, I'm going to have a mortgage for the rest of my day. Some of you are sick. Are you happy to be that way? Or, other, or otherwise, are you using the power of words that God will perform in due course and see your greater day, your better day in Jesus' name? Let's all stand. God bless you. Do you have vision for the church? Do you have vision to come to church? I said, do you have vision to come to church? Do you have vision? No vision, you perish, the Bible says. You dwell carelessly. When we come into a church, vision is exposed. Listen to me. I need to hammer this for two minutes. When we come into church, vision is exposed. In vision, I need someone to enact something for me. Uh, I need to throw something out there, vision. Luke, come, just stand right there because my lights are going to get turned on. I'm going to get some vision. You are vision. God, you are God-given vision. It was given to me in me, but I'm going to get some faith. I'm going to release vision from my spirit. Just come here, buddy, because my vision's not that far out there yet. He is the vision. He is the vision. And everyone has this vision in them. Listen to me. Everyone has... Kid David, I'll catch up with you later. Everyone has vision in them. Everyone has this vision. But within the vision, there's purpose. 
There's purpose for living. It's actually my reason for living is in this guy. Now, I need to release him. But if I'm timid, if I'm scared, if I'm, if I'm downbeat, if I've got no faith, if I'm relegated by my five senses, he's just going to stay very close to me. But I'm actually going to get excited. I'm, going to get, I'm just going to put myself in a revival meeting. Someone of great consequence is going to lay hands on me and my vision is going to be released. Would you go out that way? Great vision. Vision is going out. Oh! My God. Now, in the vision, I'm starting to see my life, a whole new day, a whole new perspective. I see, I see jobs, better jobs, checks in the mail. I see myself happily married. I see health. I see fitness. I see serving my church in that. I see, I see ministry going to the nations. I see Jesus coming back. It's all in that vision. It's all, I see my best friend saved. I see my dad saved. I see my brother saved. It's all in that vision. I see my business flourishing. I see my wife flourishing. I see my kids flourishing. It's all in that vision. But in the vision is purpose. Because you've got to dig. You've got to dig. You've got to dig this thing out. And so in him is purpose. What's the purpose for my life? It's in the vision. It's in the vision. Come on. Come on. It's in the vision. So purpose has goals in it. There's goals to access to do the vision. It just doesn't happen. I don't end up as a great high achiever and, and, you know, I become Michelangelo overnight. No, I've got purposes and there's plans and there's principles and there's, there's something within this vision that God is placing a demand on me and saying, if you live like Abraham, if you live in obedience and established in the blessings of God, I will surround you, I will place my hand upon you and you shall succeed and you shall possess and you shall bring into being that which is in heaven on earth for the sake of your brother and sister, your church and community because I have commanded you to be blessed, to be a blessing in Jesus' name. But listen to me, God created you just not to do stuff, but to be intimate with Him. I want to pray for someone right now. If you want to be intimately acquainted with God, yes, He's created you to do do a great work. He has purpose. He has vision for you. You, Some of you are still not realize the great vision that He has given you, even in this church. This vision, listen, listen, tell me, this church has extraordinary vision. You should be coming here with bells on. You should be giving everything and bringing your kitchen sink to this church. Forget about, I mean, just bring the whole kick caboodle and put it into the vision of this church because this vision of this church is absolutely brilliant. It's a big vision and it will take big-hearted visionary people to fulfill it. Amen. But there's someone I want to pray for right now. Let's all just stand right quickly right now. If God's been speaking to you, sir or ma'am, someone in this house is going to connect with God this morning simply by this, believing in your heart. The Bible says if you believe in your heart and confess with the power of the confession of your word that Jesus Christ is Lord, you will be saved. Listen to me again. The Bible says if you confess Jesus Christ as Lord of your life, you will be saved. I want to pray for you this morning. I want to pray for someone who's not quite contacted, connected to God through the sincerity of their prayer to be born again. 
Once you're born again, you will be given vision. You will be given faith. And you will be given promises of God to allow you to live a most extraordinary life. I want to pray for you. I'm going to pray right now. We're all going to pray together. Would you say this prayer after me? If you want to be born again, if you want your sins forgiven, and if you want to become a child of God, and if you want a guarantee of your salvation, this is for you. Let's all say it together, folks. Father God, I believe in your Son, Jesus. I believe He walked the earth, performed miracles, died on the cross for me. Jesus, you rose on the third day and you live to intercede for me. Lord Jesus, forgive me of all my sin. Wash me clean. Set me free. Come to live in my heart. Empower me with your spirit. Jesus, I've come home to you. I'm your child. I am saved. Jesus, thank you for the free gift of salvation. And the saints say, Amen. Listen, guys, if you said that, if anyone said that for the first time, just quickly put your hand up. I just want to see your hand. If you said it for the first time, you said that prayer of salvation. If you said it for the first time, and if you did, you can see me on the front.